to the Smart Connector podcast, which looks at the power of connection in business and life. Featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, we offer tips and advice to build your impact, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons, and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. I have a wonderful guest for you, Brian Main. Welcome, Brian. Nice to be with you, Jane. Brian is an inspirational author, trainer, and multiple award-winning speaker who's achieved fame through his signature goal mapping success system, which has impacted millions of adults and children worldwide. And I first met Brian at a large event put on London by the Yes Group, which is a Tony Robbins-inspired group dedicated to personal and professional development, growth and contribution. And the work I did during that workshop gave me a crystal clear roadmap for my future work and relationships. And it is still something I revert to and tweak many years later. So I've been waiting for a long time to speak to Brian. And I am so thrilled to have you here, Brian, in person on the Smart Connector podcast. Great to have you here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. And I apologize i know you did wait a really long time for me to find the time to to meet up it's been such a busy period but great to be here now and to talk and to share yeah so tell us brian it is now as we record this we're coming to the end of the year it's mid-december so what has 2022 looked like for you what have you been up to well i've been traveling a lot again and uh, speaking at physical events around England, but also abroad. Just this uh, last couple of days come back from Ireland, but I've also been to places like Italy, Greece, Thailand, not Thailand, uh, Vietnam for work. And it's just been a very, it's been a good period because in addition to the travel and speaking, uh, the online goal mapping program Uh, that I've been developing over many years, a long time before the lockdown, has really come into its own because more and more people now wanting to learn online. And I've been traveling and making presentations for 30 years. And I love it. And it's also tiring very often. And you pay a price for it. I was constantly away from home and not always seeing my children very often. And so now, having the ability to be able to help people in very distant places, as long as they have an internet connection, through the online platform and to do online coaching, really has enabled me to start to fulfill some of my big long-term goals. For many years, I've had a goal to reach 7 million people, and I used to chase around the world trying to reach as many people as I could. And now with the online system, I'm able to reach a lot of people and they can be at a great distance and it doesn't always need me to travel. So this year's felt like a nice balance year of both travel and presentations, which I love to be in front of an audience. And in between that, on an ongoing basis, really, the online system, reaching out to people and helping them to both learn the fundamental ancient principles of success in our masterclasses, as well as actually mapping out their goals. Whether that's goals for the year ahead, 
like many people are thinking about now, or whether it's a project they're working on, sometimes short term. A lot of people will do a goal map that's just a one-month goal map for their health and well-being, for instance. So short, focused goal and plan about how they're going to increase their well-being or any other area of life. And so there's a lot of variation in it, but it's been a very good year and uh, had some great experiences in different places and managed to help a lot of people. That's amazing. And you help children as well as adults because it's a very simple, it's a very pictorial kind of methodology that you use. And I think that's the thing that I liked about it because we adults, we can be so wordy. And I remember in your training, you talked a lot about the interaction between the left and the right side of the brain and how to kind of get them working together in order to make those goals really as powerful and as easy to visualize as possible. And that was one of the things that I really loved about your training. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there are more than a million students, mostly from state education, but also some private schools, who have created goal maps. And uh, the age range is from primary school into secondary school, but also students within university and graduate programs. And students, again, will use a goal map for many things. So maybe goals within their sports or their health, their well-being. Often, of course, it's goals focused around the grades they want to achieve uh, for the future they desire. And goal mapping become very popular with teachers who wanted to inspire students to aim higher, stay on in education, and go to university, get a degree. It can be a lot of fun going to university. It's also a lot of work, of course, and a lot of work to get there. And if children have a clear reason why mm -hmm. they would want to get those grades and what it's going to mean for their future, it helps them to find the daily motivation to follow through and do what they need to do in order to achieve that. And so there's been thousands of goal mapping workshops run in schools around the world now since 1999 was the first schools program. The first adult program was in 1995. That's when I first started teaching the system. And it's, it is now more than 5 million people. And the other thing that you mentioned was about using words and pictures to help to stimulate sides of the brain. It is the thing that is unique about goal mapping. It's like a tree-shaped structure and with words and pictures. And the words are to activate the left side of the brain which is the logical brain and also the conscious mind. And the pictures are to stimulate the right side of the brain, which is the passionate, creative side of the brain, but also the side of the brain that is connected to the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind works like our own personal autopilot. And it's very powerful and many thousands of times more powerful than your conscious mind. Imagine it's like the crew of a ship, and so it's doing most of the work, but the person that gives the direction is the captain. And so the conscious mind is like the captain, and the subconscious mind is like the crew. 
And it's vital that the captain, the conscious mind, sets the direction, sets the goal for the subconscious mind, the crew, to follow. And it's like having your own personal autopilot. But it can be a great burden sometimes because if a person doesn't understand how it works, then sometimes without realizing, people set negative goals. Because anything that we focus on over a period of time with intensity becomes a target for our subconscious to move towards. Subconscious mind doesn't know how to evaluate what's good for us or bad for us or those things. It follows the strongest thought in our conscious mind. And when we worry, we are often focusing intensely and creating a picture in our mind of something we don't want. We're worrying about everything going wrong. It's going to be a bad time in the future. And our subconscious mind can't work out that we don't want that. If we're thinking about it all the time, it says, okay, that's the target. I'll head you into it. And that's why people go into self-sabotage. And almost everyone does at some point in their life and in some way. And even with world-class professional athletes that have trained for years and they've become so skilled and so fit, if something happens that sends them negative in their mind, their game comes spiraling down. And the same thing happens with people sometimes when they have to stand up and make a speech. Uh, they're very clever. They've got all the information, but they get nervous and they can't get the words out of their mouth. And there are lots of ways that we can go into self-sabotage. And it happens when we worry because we send a negative picture to our subconscious. Now, the answer to it is think about what you want. You can't hold <clears throat> a thought of what you fear and a thought of what you want in your mind at the same time. It's one or the other. You know, sometimes in the children's goal map and I play a game and I say, don't think about a pink elephant. Don't think. And of course, they're all thinking about a pink elephant. I repeat it four or five times. Don't think about a pink elephant. Don't, and the only way that you can actually win in the game is you choose to think about something else. And likewise, we're in a period now where it's so difficult for so many people with rising prices. The news is full of bad news, war, famine, disasters, climate change. And it's so easy to slip into a negative mindset rut. And instead of seeing opportunities, seeing difficulties and not feeling motivated, feeling depressed, and really having clear, compelling goals is what helps us not only spot the opportunity to be able to take a step towards the things we want to achieve, but they help us stay more positive. And that's particularly important during dark and difficult times like those at the moment because our natural survival system that we have all been born with that has developed over several million years of evolution is called fight or flight and when there's a problem you know and we go into fear our body starts to shut down so that either we freeze or we can run like hell or fight. And in modern life, it simply doesn't work because we're not 
facing a wild animal that wants to eat us anymore. We're facing problems like how do I increase my income so that I can cover my bills and the rising costs. And those modern problems like increasing our income need a creative solution. A creative solution comes when we learn to activate our whole brain. So the left yeah. brain responds to words and the right brain responds to pictures. And when we activate both sides, it's when we're getting those aha light bulb moments. We go, oh, I can do this. And it also triggers the release of a feel-good chemical serotonin. And it's given us the feeling of happiness. We go, oh, yeah, I could do this. And we feel a little a surge in motivation. And that happens because the brain cells come together and they join when we have a positive thought. But then also after a little while, they break apart again. And so one of the keys to understanding the science of goal setting and positive thinking is to not only put your goals down onto paper in words and pictures, so you activate the whole of your brain, but also to look at them once a day. And as you look at the pictures, say the words. And to do that for 30 days, look at the pictures, say the words. Because by looking at the pictures of your map, and I don't know whether people will only be listening or watching, but I can hold up one of mine here. This is my health and well-being map. And this is my this map, which is next to my to-do list. And I, these are created using the online system that's freely available for everyone else to use. And a lot of people are there setting their goals. When you create the map and then you look at it once a day, and as you look at the picture, say the words, it reestablishes the brain cell connections. You okay. literally remind, reestablish those connections. As the connections become established between the brain cells, because brain cells that fire together. So if you remind yourself, yes, I'm going to do this. So the more times you tell yourself you're going to do it, you remind yourself, the stronger the brain cell connection grows. And eventually it becomes established. Brain cells that fire together, I'm going to do this. Gradually they wire together. And when the brain cells become established in their connection, that's how you form new beliefs. Any belief that anyone has about themselves and life will be the established connection between two or more brain cells. This means this. And so we can create new beliefs by using a visualization and positive affirmation. And when I first created goal mapping, which was in 1994, I had a vision while driving my car late at night through London, and I saw a flash of how to set goals with words and pictures to activate both sides of the brain. And uh, that was the beginning of my journey. And there hasn't really been so much marketing with goal mapping over the years. I've, I've written some books, got four of them behind me here. And one of them, a children's book. And there's been some good publicity with those. But really, goal mapping has spread by people talking about it because they've used it and it's worked. And the reason why it works is really that combination of words and pictures. It, if you look at goal mapping or goal setting, rather, books before the year 2000, 
nearly all of the goal-setting books going back before year 2000, any section on how to set the goals, it will say write the goal using words and write them 100 times every day and keep that up for one month. And they didn't say anything about pictures. It was all about setting goals using words. Even the world's top experts like Zig Ziglar, who's the goals guy in the 1970s, 1980s, it was just about using words, nothing with pictures. But then in the 1980s and 90s, sports psychologists started to understand that athletes could really improve their physical performance by using visualization. And gradually what the psychologists understood is, ah, pictures, visualization is the language of the subconscious mind. And the subconscious being the autopilot, if we get the goal into the subconscious, is working with the athlete and helps the athlete more often, more consistently to get their best performance. And soon that learning found its way into personal development. And so then if you look at goal setting after year 2000, it's all about dream boards and vision boards. Now, a dream board works for the right brain. And writing the goals works for the left brain. But if you're only doing one or the other, it means that you're only using half of your brain to set the goal. So it's nowhere near as effective. And many people come to me with dream boards and vision boards, and they have a lot of nice pictures. But what is lacking is any clarity with the words. And nothing's precise. It's sort of a bit loose. And there's no plan, no action plan about how the person will get there. And I believe it's when you bring all the elements together that it's the most powerful. And when I started teaching in 95, I looked around the world and I couldn't see anything else quite like it. I really genuinely thought it was something new. There were no dream boards or vision boards at that time. But then in 1999, I got invited to a Hindu ceremony in a temple in London. And I was absolutely amazed to see the Brahman priest chanting the words in the form of an affirmation, a mantra, while drawing a picture, a visualization, uh, which is known in Hinduism as a yantra. And actually, these two aspects, the word mantra and the picture yantra, are some of the most ancient parts of Hinduism. Now, you'll find it also in Buddhism. The Buddhism will chant the mantra while they're drawing the picture, and the Buddhists will often draw the picture using colored sand in the form of a mandala. Yeah. Now, the goal they're setting, of course, isn't so much a physical goal. They're setting more a mental, emotional goal. I am peace. I am love. I am happy. It's still a goal. And it's a command to the subconscious to be that way. I am peace. Release the chemicals that help me to be more peaceful. And the reason why Hindus and Buddhists and also Zoroastrianism have been using this combination of words and pictures for many thousands of years is because it works. And it's the same reason why goal mapping works. The difference with a goal map is that we also go through a, a series of seven steps to make sure that the person setting the goals has considered all the important points. Because it's like a combination lock. 
If you go through all the important aspects that you need to consider when you're setting a goal and you do it in the right way, you give yourself the maximum chance of achieving it. Because when you set the goal in the right way, it helps you to spot those little synchronicities and chance things that become a breakthrough, that give you a step. You wake up more often feeling more motivated and you're able to find your way to the goal in a much more powerful way. But it really all hinges on making sure that you follow the fundamental steps that you need in setting the goal. And it is a science setting goals. There's a right way and a wrong way. So when people don't set the goal in the right way, well, chances are they don't achieve it. And sometimes that can be made even worse because the person starts to develop a false belief that they can't do it when really they probably could but they never set the goal the right way in the first place. And so it didn't register with their subconscious and their subconscious wasn't working with them. And if they start to worry about things, obviously sometimes the subconscious even works against them. And so I believe I really strongly in helping people learn as I did when I come into contact with personal development and goal setting, my life was in such a terrible place. I was massively in debt and unemployed and no qualifications and homeless and broken and you know, I could make a long list. And uh, it was learning the science of positive thinking and how to set goals in a powerful way that really helped me to turn things around. And I noticed immediately the difference that it made in how I was thinking, how I was feeling. And then gradually, of course, seeing a real difference in my life. And within a couple of years, my life completely transformed and into a new career of speaking and training and coaching. And then a little while after that, as an author as well. So, so Brian, I mean, you do have a really interesting backstory, and I would like you to share that because you did talk about that when we were on that one day event. So you had a very unconventional upbringing, didn't you, compared to some people? So love to, you know, love it if you can share share your story there. Yeah, I was born into a travelling funfair family, and I grew up really in a gypsy life. On both sides of my family, I'm cousins to the two oldest UK circus family. So on my father's side is Chipperfield Circus and on my mother's side, Smart Circus. And my family wasn't involved in the circus. We were working with the uh, traveling funfairs. And the year I was born, my father decided to try something a little bit different and he would bring his fun fair to the Isle of Wight and he would open it up every summer for the tourist trade through the peak four months of the summer. And then at the end of those four months, we would go back to traveling with the fun fairs again. And then when it got really cold like now, uh, we had a winter base where we would park up for the bad weather months and not far outside of London. And so I grew up having a very nomadic childhood, three different homes each year for about four months each. So we would go to the seaside for four months and open up the amusements on the Isle of Wight. We would travel with the fun fairs for four months, 
each year and we would go in the winter base for about four months to do our maintenance and then the cycle would just repeat and so I grew up you know it felt normal at first and I realized no other people don't have this type of life and uh, it meant having three different sets of friends each year different outlooks on life three different outlooks on life each year and, and different schools each year and so I only went to school for about five months each year. I didn't go to school while we traveled on the fun fairs. It was too difficult. I'd go to school a little bit during the summer uh, when we were on the Isle of Wight, a little bit in the winter. And so about five months schooling each year divided between different schools. I never, ever sat an exam. I left school just before I was 13. No qualifications, unable to read and write. I have dyslexia. So it wasn't just the traveling around. The dyslexia on its own, I think, would have stopped me without the other things. The tradition is in the traveling funfair business, you leave school early and you work with the family and you help run the family business. And so at 13, I started helping to run the family business. And I worked in my father's amusement arcade and with the funfair equipment. And gradually, my father bought more and more amusement arcades on the Isle of Wight. And by the time I was 18, our business on the Isle of Wight for the tourists was much bigger than the funfair business. And so we decided to stop the funfairs and we gave it all to my sister and my brother-in-law. And to this day, they continue it with my nieces and nephews and cousins. And uh, instead, what I did at 18 is I become the youngest person in England to be given a license to open a disco. And I opened a disco that used to hold around about a thousand people. It was a big place. And I opened that in 1981. And I was just 19 when we opened. I was 18 when I got the license, but it took a little while to equip the place. And I opened a very unusual disco that became very famous. And we had lots of pop stars and celebrities coming to it. I had it and it filled with old funfair junk and lots of stuff. <laughs> and it was a bit of a crazy place. And it was the new romantic scene, 1981. So I remember it, yeah. It was a little bit crazy. I had a lot of face paint and I had bright ginger <laughs> and red hair and lots of <laughs> colours and streaks and things. So, yeah, I had a great time. I did that for 13 years. But then a lot of change came into my life quite suddenly. And life... I think is this way that every so often some big changes come that we don't expect. And the big changes that come into my life was that the Isle of Wight ended as a tourist destination. Instead, in the late 1980s, early 90s, it's when English people started taking their main summer holiday abroad. Customers in the disco and they all started going to Ibiza. They weren't coming to the Isle of Wight anymore. Yeah. And there simply wasn't enough customers, and we couldn't just move the disco to the mainland. So uh, eventually the family business went out of business, as many family businesses did on the Isle of Wight in the 1990s because it was a bad recession period, but also just everybody then started going to the Mediterranean and places yeah. like and so at 29 years old, I found myself in a million pounds of my home had been repossessed, my car had been repossessed, my marriage come to an end under the pressure. It wiped out my whole family. My brother's home was repossessed. My 
father's home was up for repossession, but he was 65. And so the creditors sort of gave them sort of some time to get themselves together. But it was a terrible period. And after everything had been repossessed, there was still a million pound of debt. And because I'd left school at 13, I had no qualifications. Mm. And I uh, couldn't read or write. And I took a job in a direct sales company on commission. So if I sold something, I earned something. And to be honest, I wasn't very good at it. I didn't sell anything at first, mostly because I was so negative about everything. I was scared about my future. I was worried. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. I'd had this strange life I'd grown up in, but there was always lots of money and suddenly there was none. Yeah. And I didn't know how to cope with it. And I was very depressed and very sad and I didn't go and get any help. And so it was a very dire time. And if you're feeling very down and very sad, it's hard to, you know, people are not drawn to buy things from you necessarily and you don't feel very motivated. But the, the turning point for me was that the organization I joined put on a personal development workshop and it wasn't just learning about how to set goals it was learning that our thoughts trigger the release of chemicals that create feelings and that I could start to influence my life by choosing how I thought about myself and how I thought about the situation that I was in. And it was tough to think positive when you're in a very difficult situation. And that's why it was so important to meet someone that showed me the tools and the techniques and gave me the guidance because I wouldn't have managed on my own. I was drowning and I was feeling really very suicidal I couldn't because I couldn't see a way out of the hole I was in yeah yeah some sometimes we are fortunate to meet someone at the right time yes can help us just start to turn things around and for me it was discovering person development and I, I met this amazing pioneering coach and I confessed to him my terrible situation and that I couldn't read and write and he was there working with the rest of the sales team but he showed me how I could use the same positive thinking strategies and goal setting to overcome my learning challenges and educate myself basically as well as using them in my work life and it was a major turning point and uh, gradually my performance at work rose from the lowest in the team to the highest and I was feeling more confident and happier than ever and a lot of people wanted to know how have you done that and I started to explain to them about the techniques I was using I overcome my learning challenges I taught myself to read it took me a year to learn to read I didn't go back to school I just use all of the positive thinking and the goal setting to form some new brain cell connections and it helped the words come into focus. And once I could read, I made a decision that for a couple of years, I would discipline myself only to read personal development. And I learned to speed read, so I would often read a book a week. 
I went through a lot of personal development and I realized that most of the personal development books are all saying the same thing, really. You know, the stories change and sometimes there's different techniques. But in essence, a lot of the books are saying the same stuff, which is that true lasting success is not an accident. And we can have a random success like winning the lottery, a chance success. Happens every so often. But if we don't learn how to think in successful ways and to live with good values and attitudes, uh, that lottery win doesn't make the person successful. It doesn't make them happy, even a lot of them. And if you actually look at the statistics, many are worse off a few years later than they were before the win. Yeah. Because true lasting success really requires us, you know, to be the creator of that reality. And I believe more than ever before, because we live in this incredible, fast changing world, to achieve true success, it's a whole brain game. We need to be working with our right creative brain. So we've got a good vision of where we're going and why. And we want to be working with our left logical strategic mind so we can be effective as possible within our actions. And one of my favorite books, and I'm not a religious person, uh, but there's an amazing book that was given to me, goodness, uh, maybe like 27 years ago, called The Gospel of Thomas. And you won't find it in the Bible because the church didn't like it. And so they burnt it in the third century. And it was thought that every copy was lost. The church didn't like it because in the book it says you don't need the church. You don't need a priest. You only need to look within yourself. And it's really not like a Christian writing. It's a little bit more like an Eastern Buddhist sort of teaching. But the reason I mention it is it says in the book, and it's a very short book, it says the secret to success is a movement with repose, a movement with repose. And it's like a lot of Eastern sayings, it's a bit of a confusion because repose means the rest, the lay back. And so it sounds like a contradiction, you're a movement, but at the same time you're laying back, repose, rest. But what it's talking about, and you'll hear the same principle outlined in the Tao and the Tao and in the East, is this balance between right brain and left brain. It's the balance between making it happen with your ego or just sitting back and letting it happen. And in between those two, a movement with repose, mm. an effort with ease, in between the two is help it happen. So oh. how do you... How do you Amazing. help? Yeah, set, set the goal, hold the intention, but you don't have to be rigid because then you allow yourself to find the flow, purposeful flow, to the place you want to go. And sometimes people go, oh, I'm in the flow, and they're just drifting anywhere and everywhere because the flow is like the current of life. It goes everywhere in life, and maybe sometimes it goes where you don't want to go. If I'm out in my kayak, I live next to the sea. I don't know if I can turn the camera. You can. It may be that the camera won't focus in on it. I think I can see the sea. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's not so clear. I'm on my laptop camera, not my uh, normal one. But if I'm out there on my kayak and I just go with the flow, sometimes it takes me on the rocks. 
<laughs> so I do want to swim with the current or paddle with the current. And so purposeful flow is about setting your goals, being clear about where you want to go. And the words of the goal map are good for that. Uh, but then also you want that ease where you pick up on an intuition or you just find that right connection mm -hmm. where it helps you. And sometimes you find a flow down a path you wasn't expecting that actually means you're achieving your goal quicker than you anticipated. So it's yeah. the balance, balance between those two, the balance between making it happen, which is sort of the old 80s person development mentality. Make it happen. The 10x hustle. Yeah. <laughs> and the opposite swing of the pendulum, the very right brain, you know, I'm just going to sit back and let it happen because I've already imagined it and just going to, through law of attraction. And in between the two, there's this balance point. It's not static. It, keep, it iterates between left brain, right brain, left brain, right brain. Uh, but that's the help it happen point. And I believe that's where goal mapping connects because of this use of words and pictures and the principles that we teach to support people in their understanding. of The more that somebody understands the system, the more they're able to work with it in the way that gives them maximum power to both bring the goal towards them, law of attraction, I absolutely believe in it, as well yeah. as them moving them towards the goal. And the mistake sometimes that some people make with law of attraction is they think it's just the mental element. So if I picture what I want and I put out a good energy, that's going to invoke law of attraction and attract that goal to me. But if you go study the ancient texts, because people have been setting goals and working with the law of attraction for thousands of years, in all the ancient texts, it says, through thought, word, and deed, we make and shape our world. Through thought, word, and deed, uh, we make and shape our world. So law of attraction starts by holding the picture thinking the thoughts in your mind, but then it's amplified by the feeling and speaking the word, the affirmation, but then it's further empowered through physical action. Yeah. Universe applauds action. So within a goal map, we go through seven steps. What is it you want to achieve? Right brain, but then work with the left brain. What's the priority? Maybe many things you want to achieve, but what's the one thing that's the key thing, the priority? And then why do you want it? What are the main emotional reasons? And if you map it out in words and pictures, what does it look like? When do you want it? Because if we don't give a date, it's not really a goal. It's just a wish. When we put a date, we're making it specific, but we're also then giving ourselves a timeline from now to whenever the date is of the goal. And that timeline allows us to make a plan. And it's when you start to make a plan, not just hold the wish, that you've got a date and you've put together a, it can be a simple plan, all right, I'm gonna do this and then this, these three things, these are the three main things to move me towards the achievement of that main goal. And then the final step in the goal map is who? Whose help do you need to take those actions and move towards the achievement of the goal. And sometimes the who is just you. Now, it's me that needs to do this, and it's all me. And so when it's you, 
that's the time to be writing which way of you. So I am confident or I am positive. Because then you're also putting an intention about who you're going to be as well as what you're going to do to lead you along the path to have your goal, the why it's important to you. Sometimes the who will be family, friends, sometimes co-work colleagues. It varies. But the seven steps of the goal mapping process stay fundamentally the same. And people sometimes create their map on paper. They draw it literally, pens. We've just done this recently with a group of business executives in Ireland. Put the colored pens out, everybody drew their goal map. But more often these days, people are using the online because they can upload a selfie they really like. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask about that, actually, because the thing is, you know, I create a lot of presentations online. I use a lot of Canva. I use a lot of image, imagery and so on. And it's a lot easier than, say, finding a magazine to cut a picture out of or buy. You know, it's just simpler, isn't it? But it does work as well, does it? Yeah. Cutting a picture out of a magazine doesn't work quite so well, I don't think, uh -huh. as being able to load in uh, specific images and put them into the okay. frame of map. Yeah. I, I always encouraged people uh, to draw their goal maps because the physical tactile yeah. also creates brain cell stimulation. But the limitation with drawing the map is that once you've drawn the map, if you want to make a change, you've got to redraw it. And some people at the end of drawing the map aren't pleased with it. Some people are even embarrassed about their drawing, so they don't like to look at it. And because they're not looking at it, it doesn't follow through and form the brain cell connections. Uh. And the cutting pictures of a magazine can work, but finding the right pictures is yeah. not always easy. Yeah. The thing that is most powerful is when you have images that really stir your emotion. And that's why family photos yeah. and selfies that you like work well because if you think about it, your selfie image, yeah. you already have a set of brain cell connections that recognize that image in a split second. Mm. You know what that image is because it's a very familiar image to you and likewise when you have pictures of loved ones or places you really enjoy and so within the online software at the click of a button you can change the picture and it's completely changed how people use goal mapping because oh. i used to draw a goal map and then once i'd mm -hmm. achieved the goal to move on to a new map and yeah often i would have a goal map for a month say for health and fitness and then i'd draw a new one Whereas now, I simply update my existing one. Okay. Several goal maps. So I've got a goal map for business. I've got a goal map for health. I've got a goal map for dream home. Me and my partner are going to build. I've got a relationship goal map between me and my partner. So the goal maps are important areas, and I update them as new insights or new actions come. Because as we move towards the goal, we tick off the things we've done, and we put in the new things. And in the online system, people are able to upload their own photos as well as download from the internet 
yeah. or just use the images we already have in the in the folders for people to use. But the difference with the digital is the goal map becomes like a living document. You know, nice. Once you have it, it's, it just rolls along. And we let people use the system for free that they can create a goal map and they can watch the instruction video there about the principles. And we have a premium level for the people that want to use it and create a lots of maps and attend the different monthly workshops and meetings that we put on. Oh, that's, you know, so amazing. I mean, Brian, it's been such a pleasure to reconnect with you and talk to you about your amazing goal mapping resources and journey and personal story as well. It's been such a, an honor. So what I wanted to end with, you you do have some resources. So how do people access them? Yeah, if you go to goalmapping.com, and you'll see there you can sign up for the online program. It's absolutely free to sign up. And there are a lot of resources there. So you're able to create your map there. There's video there that will teach you about the principles. You can also do a life balance check. We've got an online journal. They're all freely available. And then there is a premium level for people that want to create multiple maps. And at the premium level, it also includes our monthly workshops. We have a whole day workshop coming up on the 14th of January where we'll be guiding a group of people through both learning the principles about the brain cell connections as well as creating their goals to help them make 2023 their best year yet. Yeah, and that one-day workshop is the one that I experienced when you ran it, uh, it is. Yeah. at the Yes Group, and I can testify to that being so powerful. It was really a wonderful day. So um, for anybody that's watching live, you know, I would definitely recommend that. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, so Brian, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing all your incredible wisdom and experience. It's such a great time of year. Just we're, we're recording this. We're in the middle of December. We're coming up to Christmas. People traditionally take the time, I think, between Christmas and New Year to step off the busy train and actually think about what they want next year to look like. So there you are. Brian is here. All of his resources are here. You know, any help that you, and resource, any help and support that you need, Brian and his goal mapping resources are here for you. So thank you very much thank again. You, Pleasure to be with you. Okay. And I look forward to seeing you soon. And I wish you a fantastic 2003 as well. 23. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to rate and review my podcast as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one -to, -one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients. And if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass and I'll show you how.